Hey everybody, welcome to Player vs. Plot, the podcast where we take video game stories seriously. I am Lindsay. I am Sterling, and I'm very excited to get this podcast rolling. Yeah, I'm Chris over here, and welcome to the tutorial for our podcast. Ooh, such video game lingo. That's how they know you're hip. Exactly. Tutorials. It's like theming. Like every part of the podcast should be like, it's like uh, mise-en-scene in like cinema, right? Or like in Undertale, how Toriel is like the first tutorial area and you have to go to Toriel to sure. progress the game. Yeah. I was thinking more like when you click play, it should be like an X button or like Pac-Man. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't know how podcasts work. So but, just like but, that you know, make it happen. is the good news. So welcome to our tutorial episode. Then mm-hmm. we wanted to take a moment before you dive into some of our longer, more official episodes and let you guys know what to expect, what we're hoping to get out of this kind of the uh, taste test of our podcast. So we all like video games. Yeah, of course. We but... love video game stories. I think that's what kind of brings us together here, right? And, uh, of course, Lindsay's idea was, what if we just sat around a bad microphone yep. and Check. started talking about how we interpreted the stories of the games we were playing? And that's kind of what this whole podcast is about. We play games sometimes together, sometimes apart. Uh, we... Sometimes not at all. Yeah. <laughs> we get on the mic. We summarize essentially like the, the the big plot points that you need to know and then we interpret it we talk about our feelings about it and you know most importantly and, I, and this is important to me especially i think we got to take every video game series even the order 1886 okay yes that is the test of whether this can work <laughs> so i think that's a really good summary of it for me i know one of the driving factors for playing a video game is often earning the next step of a story or having some agency in how a story unfolds. And I think that's such an exciting part of playing a video game that doesn't always get talked about. Everyone's really quick to say, oh, these mechanics were really fun. Mm -hmm. But especially with a lot of our our more modern games, storytelling has come to the forefront of the experience. Yeah, Yeah. and one of my favorite parts about games for as long as I've been playing has been the ability to actually experience what I'm supposed to be feeling rather than being shown it or being told it. For example, if I were to fight a boss that I'm supposed to lose against, I can feel how strong he is. I can experience the the struggle and the frustration that my character will also be feeling. It's more tactile and meaningful. Video games have their own form of showing. I think that's kind of something I want to explore is how do video games use mechanics to show? Yeah, so the format then for most of our episodes, like Chris touched on, we're going to start with a summary. That way, if you've never played the game, you're not ostracized, you feel like you can still be a part of the conversation, we'll get you up to speed. If you're curious just to see what this game's trying to say, that'll help you catch up. Oh yeah, like, I mean, cards on the table, I am not going to play Death Stranding, but I expect one of you guys to play Death Stranding and then tell me all about Death Stranding. I Let can, me into that world. I can bite that bullet. <laughs> Eventually we will. I don't know, Lindsay, I don't know if, you, if you're making a joke about this, but we have an episode recorded where you say, I sure am going to play Death Stranding. Past Lindsay. Uh-huh. Knew nothing. So when we do each episode, our goal is to give you a chance to feel familiar with the story, whether you've played the game or not whether it's new to you or a refresher. 
and then have different segments that address different styles of the storytelling, different elements, whether it's interesting questions that the game brings up, interesting plot twists, interesting ways they use mechanics to tell the story, or just stuff about the characters and world that we think is really interesting. Yeah. Or if they use traditional storytelling mechanics or methods, too. We'll, yeah. we'll touch upon all of them. It's like if you were ever sitting in English class and thinking, man, I wish we could talk about video games. That's it. Yeah. We're doing it. As someone who has written essays for school on video games just to show a teacher I could. Yeah, I guess part of the perspective is kids who maybe liked English class too much and just wished all of their lives were like an English class or a book club. Oh, God, that's mm -hmm. me. Yeah, that's, that's us. Yeah, that's yeah, you, Chris, for I, I sure. I don't know why I'm here. I was a math guy. <laughs> uh, you need a token that. math guy. All right. So another thing I thought we could do is give the listeners an idea of what our perspective is on video games, what our relationship with it is. You know, how did we start play games? What do we like to play? So, Lindsay, why don't you start us off? What is your relationship with video games? Oh, man. So I, my first video game experience was definitely just taking over my dad's Sega Genesis that he had got to play Madden. They had, like, Mickey's Haunted Castle or something on there. And then we had a PlayStation 1, and I had Barbie's Horse Adventure or something. I don't... I mean, I remember really liking video games, but I never had an N64. So a lot of the games that other people were talking about, I just kind of smiled and nodded. I'm like, yeah, whatever, Zelda, sounds cool. Yeah, Spyro. I Oh my gosh, and I played the crap out of Spyro. Spyro, I have the remastered edition or whatever, and I'm going to play through that probably over holiday break. Spyro for days. He's a purple dragon. Sterling is looking at me a little incredulously. Makes me think he never played Spyro. I played a little bit of Spyro, but I think at that same time I was playing something more along the lines of Diddy Kong Racing. Boo. Anyway, I think that the real turning point for me where playing video games became a major interest instead of just something I, it kind of did was when I discovered like RPGs, mostly the Western ones. So like KOTOR was a game changer for me. That's Knights of the Old Republic. Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Dragon Age Origins is still one of my favorite games. Pretty much all of the Bioware's. I played Jade Empire. I love them all. I was like, oh my gosh, I get to make my own story and do whatever I could do and replay things. And I think that's really when I got hooked. And then from there, I got into all video games. I will say to this day, I'm definitely more of a Sony person. If it's on PlayStation, I'm probably more interested in it. Does that distinction even exist anymore? No, I guess it means a lot less now. I mean, you have Nintendo games and then the rest of them, essentially. I'm, like, I'm playing Crash Bandicoot on my Switch now. There are PlayStation exclusives still. Yeah. Like God Blood, of War. Bloodborne. Uncharted. The Last of Us Part Two is coming coming out real soon. I feel like I was at the end of like Cha Cha Slash. And there's, of course, the biggest PS3 exclusive, which we all know, and we'll say it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three. Armored Demon Core Souls. 4. Nailed it. Armored Core 4 is on Xbox also. Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I guess it is Demon Souls. So I guess speaking of Souls games, it's hard to choose which of you to turn it over to with that. I think we just don't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this Chris. is a short intro. Tell us about your video game background, then, kind of what connections you made with video games. So I, I started playing games, according to my parents, because I actually don't remember all of this, when I was two years old. I think it was either one of the original Super Mario Brothers games or Super Mario World. 
because the Super Nintendo came out right, I think, the year I was born. And uh, after that, I just pretty much played everything that was at Blockbuster. So Ooh, yeah. that was like everything. That was like Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI or three Street Fighter Two, And uh, yeah, I kind of grew up on the 16-bit and also the 8-bit kind of generation. And I've been playing video games ever since. And I think I, you know, I think we all really like RPGs on this show, yeah. right? Yeah. It's kind of a given. So my, um, my, my background with RPGs was delayed a little bit because of Final Fantasy II, I think. Yeah, on the Super Nintendo? Yeah. Because that delayed your interest? Well, I was, I didn't know how to save when I was like three. Oh. So no. I was just kept on playing the over oh, the beginning over no. and over again and just was like, you know what? This might There's not be for me. There's a lot of cutscenes at the beginning of that game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so Sterling, did you want to go in a little more on your background? Other I, than just a three-year-old being frustrated with Final Fantasy? Essentially, I have a very similar video game background as Chris. Uh, I was handed a video game controller when I was like one or two, my parents like to brag that I beat Aladdin when I was two years old, though oh I, 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 no, I doubt that. I highly doubt it because I don't know if I could beat it now. I just say I'm an adult and I I don't think. I now that said, I never owned it. So my experience with Aladdin was just at like the children's area when my mom went grocery shopping. She would drop me off and I would like shove kids off of it if they were playing the Aladdin game. I'm like, this is my only time. I have also, to beat it in this 15-minute shopping yes. trip window. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot that was, like, such a big thing when yes. we were kids. Mm. That's how I played the Virtual Boy the first time. Oh, my gosh. I, yeah. I, I, and so, anyways. Also, was... Sterling gets one year younger every time he tells us what okay, he's playing. Okay, wait. Over. Everyone should know. First of all, full disclosure. Sterling and I, we're married. And at our... Why don't you spoil it? Right now. <laughs> that was our... an arc in this in podcast season. At our rehearsal dinner for our wedding, part of the speech his dad gave was talking about how young Sterling was when he started playing video games. He was two. And that that's the reason he knows how to read. It actually is. That, I believe it, because that might actually be true for me, too. <laughs> I, when I, I was handed a, a... I was playing games around, like, one, two, one or two, and I wanted to know what people were saying on the screen and I also got those game manuals that were used to be included with like yeah. every box and they, they were also... direly important yes they would tell you the story in them which is an interesting thing that we can discuss later in the podcast some but... of the supplemental things that would be in the manual but not in the game right yeah. but looking at yeah, you Mario part, part of the text of yeah. the game I would say. so like I wanted to know how to uh, understand what was going on in the worlds that were being created in front of me and so it actually inspired me to read faster than I, a lot of my uh, two-year-old colleagues. You guys are nerds. I was reading books. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were games. playing video games? <laughs> I was too busy dating girls <laughs> when I was two. <laughs> so definitely, I mean, Chris and Sterling, you guys seem to have a pretty similar background. I definitely came into like the deeper side of video games later. And I think that's interesting, especially when we revisit some older games that I did not play when they came out. So I definitely will have a different viewpoint. Like, yes. I mean, not to... No, I mean, that's kind of... I think that's some of the value of the show is we're going to try to get each other to, to experience some things that kind of they we can, we can give a more impartial perspective on, I guess. I'm interested to see what you think of Chrono Trigger, which I am hopefully will... Very excited to play it. I... Like I said, I really liked Western RPGs for a while, but JRPGs, 
aside from like Pokemon, which obviously I always loved because I was a kid in the 90s, uh, I never really got into until more recently. So there are a lot of classic great JRPGs that I'm having the chance to go back and play for the first time, like Chrono Trigger. Yeah. And I, I guess I'll have to play uh, Kingdom Hearts at some point. Not that that's a Western RPG, but a game guys, that I've never played. I, I can't even get through Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, but there's new DLC coming out for it. Oh my god! No one came here expecting that. No, we'll get there. We, I mean, what better story is there to try to unpack? Okay, all right, that's that's a promise. And I will say, I bring a very strong content knowledge of Disney. So. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Actually, one of your ex- one of your areas of expertise. Yes, I would, say. I would. I mean, when it comes to crossovers, if we're talking Disney or comic books, I am here. Just. Tons and tons of useless information packed away. I kind of think of both of you guys as way more knowledgeable about history, too. Well, that is, I mean, that is kind of my job, but. Mm-hmm. What is your job? I teach. Okay. <laughs> so that's why I like the English and history intersection, of course, being mm-hmm. analytical. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty good overview of what we want to do. Hopefully. If you're listening and you think that sounds cool, you're into the idea of video games as stories, you're into the idea of having almost a more literary discussion of what video games are trying to do, or even you want to hear some crazy conspiracy theories about the stories in video games, then this is probably the place for you. Yeah. We're not really coming at this from the perspective of experts. We're um, We're coming at it from the perspective of People who are going to take the game and what it says at face value and then earnestly try to pick it apart and understand what is the author trying to say? What does the author end up saying? What is that? What happens when that filters through our unique perspective? Oh, yeah. Hardcore consumer viewpoint here. Yeah. And I think it's just a valuable discussion that I don't hear a lot of. Oh, and it's fun. Like, sometimes I play a game and no one else is playing that same game and I just want to talk to someone about a character I hate or, like, a crazy plot twist and there's just no one out there. Like, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm still on the Dragon Age subreddit because I love that game so much and I just want to hear other people also passionate about those characters. So it's, like, yeah, we are... Hopefully we'll get to Dragon Age uh, at some point. We will definitely... I will At least Origins. If we don't get to Dragon Age. We can skip two. That's fine. And uh, and just to give you kind of an idea of what's going to be on this feed soon, we have covered a lot of more recent games uh, and a lot of RPGs and a little bit of... We've kind of dabbled in visual novels and um, there's going to be a few topic episodes. Instead of talking about a specific game, we talk about a theme that some games share, like romance, for example. And eventually, you know, if I have my way, we'll get to stuff that's more like Street Fighter 2 or like Super Mario Brothers and really get into games that maybe we don't normally think of as having stories, but which absolutely do. So yeah, look forward to us trying to explore, you know, a wide variety in in terms of how games can approach storytelling. I am really rooting for talking about some fighting games and maybe that can transition and talking about like, I don't know, like online multiplayer games like Counter-Strike, or Overwatch. World of Warcraft. Or World of, yeah, MMOs have stories. Yes. Sure. What? My time That's is a fun. thing. 
So if this all sounds great for you, keep an eye out for us in your podcast feed. Subscribe wherever you like to listen to your podcast. You can also find us on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Player vs. Plot. That's Player vs. Plot. We have a website available as well. PlayerVSPlot.com. Look at that branding. And our email address is playerversusplot at gmail.com. So if you are interested in following along and participating with this kind of exciting journey and discussion, be sure to find us on all those platforms. We will see you soon as we start our very first season. 